Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Praise God. Praise God. Well, see, I have an excuse to be half asleep today because um, apparently I dreamed that my alarm went off. And so I got up. Got dressed, got ready, kissed my wife good, goodbye, and walked out the door, got halfway to the church, and my alarm was set for 6 o'clock. I got halfway to the church, and it was only 5. <laughs> and uh, so that means I got up somewhere around 4.30, 4.45, something like that. And uh, I looked at my my phone, and my alarm was still set. I never turned. So apparently I dreamed it went off, but uh, it gave me some good prayer time. Praise God. So we never begrudge that. Hallelujah. Well, who's ready for some word on healing this morning? Praise God. Now, I gave you my excuse for being half asleep. So um, I don't necessarily need to hear yours, but I hope you're not half asleep today. Because we're going to start off today, I just felt this in my heart this morning as I, as I got here and, uh, uh, and was praying. And, and um, how many of you know what, what I mean when I say, uh, make your positive faith confessions? How many, how many know what I mean by that? Praise God, it's okay to raise your hand, it's okay to yell yes, it's okay, you know, some, some way indicate that uh, you actually heard what I just asked. Okay, all right, so, uh, you know, it's important for us to know that God's word coming out of our mouth is a powerful thing. The scripture teaches us, we're not teaching this morning on confession, uh, we're teaching on healing today, but, but uh, it's important for us to know that the words of our mouth are an important part of our faith, and it's important to hold fast to our confession of faith. That means that we're not just uh, um, saying one thing one minute and something else the next minute, but that we hold fast to our faith. Praise God. And so I asked Jasmine uh, last minute if she could put this confession up on the screen for you so you can read it with me. I'll lead you in it, and then you talk back, repeat it back to me. And I want to hear you not just assume you're doing it, okay? I want to actually hear you making these confessions of faith. Praise God. And then, um, uh, you know, continue to make these confessions like this, and I'm just giving you an example of how we build a confession of faith on God's Word. When we speak God's Word, we're coming into agreement with what God says. So we're going to make some confessions of faith on the subject of healing today. Now you can make these related to any aspect of your life, your finances, your your relationships, you know, but we find scripture to base our confession on. Praise God. So when we get these up on the screen, uh, whenever we're, we're ready here, we're going to go through these. And uh, Jasmine is amazing. She had about 10 minutes to do this. And so, um, so anyway, do, 
Three minutes, okay. Yeah, I can talk about something else for three minutes. Praise God. And so, anyway, um, you know, one of the things that I hear people say so often is, is I'll get people that will send me a message, uh, uh, a Facebook message, a text, or call me and, and say, pray for me. And in reality, often what people should say instead of pray for me is they should say, teach me. Now, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that, that, that that's important. But how can you pray a prayer of faith without the Word of God? You can't. So if you're just praying some scattered, random thing, whatever you think it is that you want, you know, you cannot pray a prayer of faith like that. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and you believe and doubt not, it says that the things which you say will come to pass. And so he's saying that if you say to the mountain, be removed. Now, here's what he didn't say. He didn't say that the abundance of your words would move mountains. He said faith-filled words would move mountains. He didn't say that just saying it a lot, just talking about it a lot, but he said faith-filled words would move mountains. And, and Romans chapter 10, verse number 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Or literally, uh, a better translation of that is by hearing the Word of Christ. The word about Christ, about what he has done. Why can I have faith? I can have faith for healing because I know that Christ, in his death, burial, and resurrection, his work at the cross, there he bore my sickness, my disease, and my pain. So when I hear that, I'm hearing the word of Christ, and faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. The word about what he has done, praise God. And I cannot see you back there because I have a really bright light in my eyes, but uh, somehow if you will uh, let me know when we're ready to go, or just go ahead and put it on the screen, I'll see it then. Praise God. But uh, there we go, praise God. Let's, let's look at this, and I want us to all say this together. In fact, let's, why don't we stand and make this confession of faith? Just... You know, standing sometimes shows some attentiveness to what we're doing. We're not just sitting there half asleep. We're not just sitting there just uh, zoning out, thinking about something else. But when we stand, we're doing something intentional. Praise God. Now, this is how you build your confession of faith. And I encourage you, whatever needs you have in your life, build yourself some confessions of faith to begin to make concerning those issues. Praise God. So I'm going to read this off, and then you repeat it back after me. Ready? All right, three of you are ready. I want more than that. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. Okay, you need to say the scripture too, okay, the scripture reference too, because that way, you know, you're reminding yourself, this is in the Bible, this is what the Bible is telling me, okay, all right, this is not just something I'm just wishing, this is Bible, start over, <laughs> because after our little detour, the second line didn't really make sense. All right, so let, let's, let's say it again from the beginning. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. Yeah, you're supposed to repeat it back. <laughs> Man, you guys are having a hard time with this. It's really not that difficult. 
Say it all, all together. Is it better that way? Okay, all right. One more try. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Today, I establish my choice to live and not die. You have set life and death before me and told me to choose. I choose life. Proverbs 18, verse 21 tells me the choice of death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I use my mouth today to choose life. In Proverbs 6, verse 2, you said, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. In other words, I am bound by words. I choose to use my words to bind myself to healing, health, and long life. Because in Psalm 91, verse 16, you said you would satisfy me with long life and show me your salvation. In Exodus 23, verse 26, you said you would fulfill the number of my days. I decree According to Psalm 118, verse 17, I shall live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord. Praise God. And how many of you believe what you just said? Praise God. All right, you may be seated. We're going to get into the Word of God today. Well, we've already been into the Word. Praise God. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you, begin to make confessions of faith like that, uh, you know, with, with, the, uh, with the scriptures. That means you're going to have to study, you're going to have to go to the scriptures and find out what you want to say. Praise God. Because it's got to be in line with God's word. You just can't say random stuff. You need to have something to base your faith on. Praise God. Now, in... in um, I made this statement. I said, many say, pray for me, when they should say, teach me. Teach me. Because when we begin to learn God's Word, see, we're not just making off-the-cuff remarks and statements. But we're saying things that agree completely with what God... How many know that God watches over His Word to perform it? He doesn't watch over your word. He watches over his word to perform it. Praise God. And so when we are saying his word, see, it doesn't matter whose mouth it's coming out of. If it's his words that are coming out of your mouth, then God is watching over his word to perform it. Praise God. And we'll have much more power in our prayer life if we're praying the word of God. If we're speaking and declaring the scriptures and make, making our declarations, praise God, according to God's word. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23, I want you to get this. Jesus went about all Galilee, notice this, teaching in their synagogues. Now, everybody knows Jesus went around healing people, right? We all know that. But how many know that Jesus taught them before he healed them? Now, we don't see that in every instance, but, but we see a pattern going on that Jesus taught people before he healed them. Notice, there it says, Jesus went about all Galilee, so he did this in more than one place. He did this in numerous places. He went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and we know that gospel means good news. And so he went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news. 
Now, there are many Christians that sit in church every week. They're, they're faithful church attendees, but they've never heard the gospel. They've never heard good news because what's coming from many pulpits is not good news. What's coming from many pulpits is, is anything but good news. Well, sometimes God wants you to be sick. Sometimes God puts sickness and disease on you to teach you things. Sometimes God is punishing you by making you sick. Sometimes God, you know, and, and you hear all kinds of things uh, uh, about this that is not good news. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the good news. Praise God. So if it doesn't contain good news, you can't call it gospel. Gospel doesn't mean truth. See, it, just because it's the truth doesn't mean it's good news. Doesn't mean it's gospel. Praise God. Now, there is nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, just speaking truth. But you haven't done what Jesus said in preaching the gospel if you haven't preached the good news. You know, there, there is a passage of scripture that a lot of Christians like to quote when, they, when they're going through hard times. Well, you know, the Bible says, many are the, the afflictions of the righteous. They love to quote that. The Bible does say that. But how many know that's a half-truth? Because the rest of the truth says... But the Lord delivers them out of them all. There's the good news. Praise God. The Lord delivers them out of how many? All. That is good news. Praise God. When I begin to, to look into the Word of God, it is full of good news. Why do people pick out all the bad news out of the Bible? And it's really, there's nothing but good news in here because all the bad news is actually followed up by some good news that takes care of the bad news. You get that? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's bad news. But there is some good news that takes care of that bad news. The changes that reverses the whole thing, reverses that and makes the bad news good news. Praise God. If I preach the whole thing, if I say the Lord delivers them out of them all, now we have changed the bad news into good news. Isn't that what Jesus came to do? Yes. Praise God. There is a curse that came into this world when sin came into this world. That's bad news. But Jesus came and he became a curse for us. Who, uh, and because he became a curse for us, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. All the curse came off of us and came onto him, and he dealt with it. Praise God. So we have turned the bad news into the good news. And you see, if there is any part of the curse that Jesus did not deal with, that he did not reverse, then we would have to say that what Adam did was greater than what Jesus did. But because Jesus did not fail to deal with every single minute detail of the curse, because what Adam did was not greater than what Jesus did. What Adam did was less than what Jesus did. That's why the Bible says, I love these words, much more. Yeah, what Adam did... The Bible tells us, says, you know, well, sin came into the world because of this, you know, and, and this is what happened because of the fall, and this is what happened because of one man's sin. And then it says, but much more. <laughs> much more. Praise God. We've got a much more kind of God that deals with things in much more fashion. He doesn't just reverse the thing. He more than reverses the thing. Praise God. Now, let's get this. That's why we say that our God is turning virus into revival. Why? Because he's going much more than not do what the devil did. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Now, Jesus went about teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom. Why don't we call it the good news of the kingdom? Because this is what kingdom life is all about. This is, you know, it's, it's all about what Jesus did. Praise God. It's all about the fact that Jesus reversed all of that curse, all of that mess, every last detail of it. Praise God. And it says, and then after he taught in their synagogues, we can get a pretty good idea of what he was teaching because of what he did later. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was preaching the good news. And I got a pretty good idea that he was teaching the good news also. Praise God. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And then he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. How many kinds of sickness? All. How many kinds of diseases? All. That means that there was not a single kind that he did not heal. Praise God. He went about teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Praise God. Matthew chapter 9. Jump down just a little bit. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Sounds like we've heard that before, right? And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Praise God. In Luke chapter 13, verse number 10, it says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could not by any way, in any way, raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, Woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. Now, what do you think that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue that day? Anybody think he was maybe teaching on healing? Praise God. Because we saw the pattern of what he had been doing. Teaching, preaching, and then followed up by healing. Now, what was the end of Mark's gospel? Right at the end of Mark's gospel... He says this, Jesus commissioned them to go into all the world, preach the gospel, preach the good news. And then he says, they went and did what he said. They went about and they preached everywhere. And then it says, the Lord worked with them, confirming the word. What word? The one they just preached. Confirming the word with signs following or with accompanying signs or he confirmed he proved the word with accompanying signs now if he was preaching something else then accompanying signs would not have meant healing praise god but he was preaching on the subject of healing and then he confirmed it says the lord worked with them and the lord confirmed what they just preached Praise God, with accompanying signs. That's why every time I preach on healing, I expect people to get healed. That's why I told you, bring your sick friends, bring your people that need healing. Praise God. Well, you know, you need to bring some people with you next week because we're going to be continuing on this. And they need to hear what's being taught. They don't want to, we, we, they, don't, they don't need to be in that group that says, pray for me. Oh, well, your pastor's preaching on healing today. Well, pray for me. No. Bring them to hear the word so that faith can arise in their heart to be healed. Praise God. 
so that they can hear the word because that's why he was able to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people was because he just preached healing. And therefore, faith was at a high level. And when we're finished today, your faith is going to have risen, praise God, for healing. If you're watching online, that's great that you're watching online. And if you can't possibly make it here, I believe you're going to receive your healing over the airwaves. But how much better if you're here, praise God. If you're here to hear. Praise God. Now, in Luke chapter 13, verse 10, let's read this again. Let's begin. Now he was teaching in, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. She had a spirit of infirmity. A Spirit, this was an evil spirit that was causing her illness. And he says that uh, this woman had been uh, in this condition for 18 years and had been bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, Woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. Praise God. You are loosed of your infirmity. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Praise God. I believe Jesus was teaching on healing that day. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Where? Everywhere. Confirming the word. What word? The word they preached. With accompanying signs. Praise God. And then he says, Amen. At the end of that. Now, why do you say amen? Is that just what you say at the end of stuff? No, amen means so be it. So, it says that, that the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. And then by the use of amen, at the end of that, he's saying, so be it, not just so was it. You get, you get that? Not so was it, so be it. So in other words, when you go and you preach the word, the Lord will work with you, confirming the word with signs following too. Praise God. This wasn't just something that was, was good for the 120 that were in the upper room. This is not just the ones that followed Jesus out to the Mount of Olives when he ascended back into heaven. But this is for everyone who would go and preach the word. The Lord will work with them confirming the word with signs following. Praise God. Praise God. You know, and I, I get real passionate about preaching on healing. I love to preach on healing. And I get real passionate about it because, uh, quite honestly, I've, I've had way too many people that were close to me that have gone to heaven before they should have. Now, I'm glad they're in heaven. And thank God that they're well in heaven. They're not sick in heaven. And, you know, and I'm grateful for that. But that's not what the Lord is talking about. He's not talking about you'll be healthy one day in the sweet by and by. He's not talking about when we all get to heaven, there will be no sickness there. No, he is saying that this stuff is for here and now. So be it here and now. When we preach the word, he confirms the word here and now with accompanying signs. Praise God. Praise God. Now, here's what he says 
in Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, what is his name? His name is Jesus. And Jesus, that name encompasses everything that he came to do. That name is Jehovah is salvation. And salvation is the Greek word sozo, and that word sozo encompasses everything that he came to do. It is the all-inclusive word of the gospel. It includes everything. It includes, you know, we, we say, well, so-and-so got saved. Well, what we usually mean when we say that is that they accepted Jesus as, uh, you know, as the forgiveness for their sins. And that's usually what we mean. But we need to understand that word saved is so much bigger than just the forgiveness of your sins. That word saved includes everything Jesus did at the cross. So if I can find out what he did at the cross, I can include it under the word saved. His name is Jehovah is salvation. So his name is Jehovah is healing. His name is Jehovah is provision. His name is Jehovah is peace. His name is Jehovah is righteousness. It's all included and all taken care of in the very same work. Praise God. Jehovah is salvation. So when he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, well, what's his name? Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Praise God. His name is Jehovah is healing for your body. That's his name. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. And we just talked about what saved means. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be healed. When you remember that his name means healing. Praise God. Call on the name of the healer for healing. Praise God. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse number 13. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. Well, if you don't believe he's the healer, if you don't believe he, he is healing, if you don't believe, how are you going to call on him for healing if you don't believe he's a healer? Praise God. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And then get this. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Hence, teaching. Now just pray for me. Teach me. Because when you teach me, I am hearing. When you teach me on healing, I am hearing of the healer. So then once I have heard of the healer, then I can believe that he's the healer because now I have heard he's the healer. And when I have heard he is the healer, now I can believe because I have heard. Faith comes by hearing. That's why you, you know... Somebody calls me and says, pray for me. Yes, I'll pray for you. I would rather teach you. Praise God. Now, thank God he's a gracious God. And we get some things that we, you know, we, we get a whole lot we don't deserve. 
We get a whole lot in, in, in spite of our ignorance. But wouldn't it be better if we'd get rid of the ignorance? You know, I remember when I was teaching high school years ago, that there was one of, the, one of our high school teachers that uh, every day before school, he would be in the teacher's lounge, sitting around talking to everybody, and he's, he's checking his watch at what time it need, you know, he needs to get up and head up to his classroom. And the last thing he would always say before he went up to, the, to his classroom, he would always say, well, guess it's time to go stamp out ignorance. And, uh, you know, I always remembered that because, you know, you, you come to church to stamp out ignorance. You come to church to stamp out ignorance about healing. Praise God. We teach you to stamp out ignorance about healing. Many people are, are, are putting their ignorance on full display. We've come today to stamp out ignorance about healing. Praise God. We're going to be spending a little bit of time stamping out some ignorance. Praise God. Praise God. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Praise God. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel, the good news of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, you can't say that about every preacher because not every preacher is preaching good news. But when they're preaching good news, the Bible says they got beautiful feet. Right? You want to see? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, notice this. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. Says in this manner, therefore, pray. This is part of what we call the Lord's Prayer. And in reality, this is not Jesus' prayer. This is not Jesus didn't pray these words. Okay, I hate to disappoint some people, but this is not what Jesus prayed. This is Jesus teaching about prayer. And this is some he he is teaching you principles of prayer. Of effective prayer. And so here he says that we ought to pray in this manner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he said, here's, how, here's what you pray. You, you pray like this. You pray for the kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what I want you to notice about that. His will is always done in heaven. But his will is not always done on earth. Contrary to what many people believe, you know... Anybody ever heard this? Well, if it's his will, it'll happen. Well, if that's the case, why do I want to pray this? Why do I want to waste my time praying something's going to happen anyway? You know, is it just some kind of ritual that God wants me to go through? Or, you know, or, or does he really mean what he says there? Well, he really means what he said. He said you should pray that your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now here, here's something that most people have never thought of let me let me put it out here so you can you can have this thought i'm going to share this with you his will is always done in heaven but his will is not always done on earth so if his will 
is for you to be sick. I hope you don't believe that. But if, if you do, we're going to help you get over it. Praise God. It is not his will for you to be sick. You mean even if, even if I've sinned, even if I'm living in that? Well, no, it's not his will for you to be sick. It's not his will for you to live in sin either. But it's not his will for you to be sick. Because here's the thing. Let's, let's reverse this statement that Jesus said here. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. So his will is done in heaven. His will is always done in heaven. In heaven, the perfect will of God is always done. So when we say you won't be sick in heaven, that's true. You won't. Because his will is always done in heaven. So what does that tell me about his will? That tells me it is not his will for me to be sick. And he said, I should pray that his will be done on earth the same way it is done in heaven. So if it is not his will for me to be sick in heaven, then it is not his will for me to be sick on earth. Praise God. That's not his mechanism to get you to heaven. How many know God can get you to heaven without you being sick and dying? He does not depend on the works of the devil to get you to heaven. Sickness and disease is the work of the devil. And God doesn't use the work of the devil for anything. Now, if the devil's work gets done, God will take it and turn it around and reverse it on him. But God doesn't rely on the work of the devil to get anything done. Praise God. Praise God. Now, here's, here's the thing most people never thought of is that if it is his will for you to be sick on earth, then it's his will for you to be sick in heaven. Because he said his will for earth and heaven is the same. It's what we just read there. His will for earth and heaven is the same. So if it's his will for you to be sick on earth, then it's his will for you to be sick in heaven. Now, here's the, here, here's the bad news that would go along with that. If his will is always done in heaven, then that means you're going to be sick when you get there. Ever thought about that? His will's always done in heaven. So if it's his will... For you to be sick on earth, and his will for earth and heaven are the same, then that means it's his will for you to be sick in heaven, and his will is always done in heaven. So that means you got eternity of sickness waiting for you. You want you still want to go to heaven? You know, may, maybe it's better than burning in an eternal flame, but you know. In, in everlasting hell, but, you know, i got to tell you, it is not his will for you to be sick on heaven, in heaven, and it's not his will for you to be sick in earth. Praise God, because his will for heaven and earth is the same. So quit saying, well, if it, you know, Lord, if it be your will to heal me, it is. Let's just settle that right now. It is. You don't ever need to say that again. It is His will for you to be healed. It is His will for you to be healthy on earth. And you are certainly going to be healthy in heaven. Praise God. But the good news is you don't have to wait to get to heaven to be healthy because He said, pray that your will be done on earth. Just like it is in heaven. Praise God. Romans chapter 5. Uh, excuse me, I, I went to the wrong place there. Actually, I scrolled without meaning to. Got me in trouble. Now, sin entered the world 
and sickness and disease came into the world through sin. I didn't say that if you're sick, that means you're in sin. That's not what I said. So, so don't take that from what I said. Take exactly what I said. Sin entered the world, and sickness entered the world with sin. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse number 12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Praise God. Now, let's go on. Verse number five, or verse number 13, rather, goes on and says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed or not counted when there's no law. Now, if there is no speed limit sign, you cannot get a speeding ticket no matter how fast you're going. There's no sign. If there's no law, in other words. Now, I'm not saying just if there's no sign. Don't, don't go, you know, <laughs> speeding down a residential street because there's no speed limit sign there and say, well, my pastor said there's, you know. That's not what I mean, okay? I mean where there is no law, where there's no speed limit law. The law within the city is that the speed limit is 25 miles an hour in residential areas unless otherwise posted. So 25 doesn't have to be posted. If there's no post, then the law is still there that speed limit is 25 unless otherwise posted. All right? So pastor did not say that you can drive as fast as you want to if there's no sign. Okay. Uh, but, but here's the deal that we need to understand. He says, sin is not imputed where there's no law. And then he says in uh, uh, verse number 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. Now, let's go back there to verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin. Well, how many know that sickness is to some degree death? Now, it may not, you know, it may not totally take you to death, but at least to some degree, something is not functioning the way it's supposed to function. And so, death through sin. Get that? Death through sin. Now, in verse number 15, it says, But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more... The grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Now, here's what I want you to see. When sin entered the world, death, sickness, disease, poverty, all of those things accompanied sin. Now, what Jesus came to do, as we see there, is he reversed what came into the world through sin. So, read verse 15 again. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So Jesus came in and he reversed what happened 
through sin. He didn't just destroy sin. He didn't, didn't just do away with our sins, but he did away with all the things that came into the world through sin. So he didn't just reverse the act of sin, but he reversed everything that accompanied it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Psalm 103. I want you to notice this. Verse number 1. So it's the Psalm of David. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, you've got to know what the benefits are in order to not forget them. Praise God. So we need to find out what the benefits are. So he's going to tell us. He continues here. He says, verse 3, Who forgives all your iniquities. Now, that's a wonderful benefit. And if that was the only benefit, it would be wonderful. Who forgives all all of your iniquities, but then he continues, who heals all your diseases, who forgives all of your iniquities and heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. How many know sickness and disease has come to destroy you. But he has redeemed your life from destruction. Sickness and disease is not the work of God to teach you something. It's not the work of God to keep you humble. It's not the work of God to, to somehow, you know, well, God made... Think, think about this for a second. Okay, if I take just a little detour. Th think about this for a minute. Many people say, well, God knew that so-and-so was about to get into sin, so he put some sickness on them to prevent them from getting into sin. Now, here's the thing. Adam and Eve are standing there talking to a snake in a tree. And Adam and Eve are about to commit the original sin. They're about to commit the very first sin. And there has never, ever been a sin ever committed in the history of the world. There, there has never been a sin committed with further reaching consequences. Because the sin that Adam and Eve were about to commit had consequences that are still working today and their sin affected every person ever born on this planet and so if God really works like that if God makes people sick to prevent them from sinning when he should have done it, you know, Adam and Eve should have at that very moment, God should have slapped a stomach virus on them so that they started throwing up and, and were sick to their stomach and barfing everywhere so that they wouldn't be hungry to eat that apple. But you know what? He didn't do it. That tells me that when you're about to get into sin, don't count on God making you sick to stop you because he's not going to. He let them go through with what they were going to do. Why? Because he gave them the power to choose. And so because of that, God will never, ever make you sick to keep you out of sin not going to happen. You're going to have to keep yourself out of sin by refusing sin. All right? Now, let's get this again. 
who, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, you know, this age thing, it's just, you know, it's no fun getting old. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever said that? Getting old is no fun? Well, what he said here was he renews your youth. Praise God. Like the eagles. Then, here we go. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. See, this is his righteous response to forgiveness. It's his way. This is how, he, this is how God responds. What did, he, what did he do? He forgives all of your iniquities, heals all your diseases, crowns you with with. Uh, he redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is the Lord's righteous response. Praise God. He executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding with mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. And I heard that taught for years, that God's not going to put up with you forever. That that's what that meant? That's not what that means. It means that he's not always going to, it's actually a prophecy of Jesus. Then God is not going to always be dealing with you according to your sins. There is coming a day when Jesus is going to come and he's going to bear your sins and he's going to be punished for your sins so God doesn't have to punish you for them. Praise God. Praise God. That's a prophecy of Jesus. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger. He won't stay mad forever. Praise God. And I'm telling you, we're on the other side of this thing now, so he's not mad now. He's not mad at you. Praise God. No matter what you did, God's not mad at you. Praise God. Now, it says, He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. So therefore, you being sick is not God punishing you for your sin. In fact, He didn't really want you to be sick. He did everything to keep you from being sick. Praise God. Now, we could just keep on going. And if you want to know how long I could go on this, you know, I'll just tell you this. I have written over 150 lessons on the subject of healing. So we can go for a while. Anybody ready? No, I don't think so. We can go for a long time. We're going to give it a pause. We're going to pick it up next week. Praise God. But I'm here to tell you, God wants you well. He wants you healthy. He wants you strong. He wants you vital. Praise God. The thief is the one that came to steal, according to John 10.10. The thief is the one that came to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came so you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Jesus wants you, wants your sins forgiven. He wants you to, to, to uh, receive the forgiveness of sin. Absolutely. And if, and if you receive the forgiveness of sins and you die sick, you'll still go to heaven. And we're, we're, we're glad about that. But that's short of God's best for your life. God's best for your life is for you to be healthy. Praise God. Praise God. So if today, if you're experiencing sickness, disease, and pain, here's what I want you to do. 
when we preach on this, we expect God's going to confirm his word with signs following. Praise God. Some of you are ready to receive right now. Some of you, you may need to hear a little more teaching. And if that's true of you, we come back, we'll teach some more. Praise God. But if you're ready to receive your healing right now, I want you to take your hand. The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise God. So if you are one who believes, you believe what we've been preaching today, that Jesus came so you could have life abundantly, and, he, and if you believe that he wants you well, I want you to take your hand and put it on your body wherever you need to receive healing. If you've got pain in your knees, put your, you know, uh, if you've got a uh, headache, if you've got, you know, what, wherever you need healing in your body, just put your hand there. Maybe you've got more than one place. Well, you've got two hands, right? So put one in each place. If you've got more than that, maybe turn to your neighbor and say, put your hand on my shoulder here. I've got one on my elbow and one on my knee, so can you put yours on my shoulder? Praise God. But wherever you need healing in your body, I want you to put a, put a hand there. Praise God. And right now, in the name of Jesus, God's Word says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say they might recover. He said they shall recover. So I want you to do that with the expectation. And in the name of Jesus, let recovery begin right now. Immediately, let recovery begin. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For some of you, that may be an instantaneous thing. For some of you, it may be a process. But this is the moment. Make yourself a note. Say, say this, that on November 21st, 2021, at 11.33 a.m., my condition was reversed, and the process of recovery has begun. Praise God. And every time you can build it into your confession, you can say, on November 21st, 2021, at, at uh, what did I say, 11.33 a.m., my recovery began. Praise God. Praise God. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in this room or whether you're in China or whether you're in Russia, or whether you're in the Philippines, or whether you're in, in Guatemala, or no matter where you are around the world, let your recovery begin. The time will be different, but put down the appropriate time for that. Praise God, and remember, your recovery has begun in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you well on this earth just like he wants you well in heaven praise God praise God Father I thank you today for healing your people and we said he also wants your sins forgiven and that's even more important so if you've never received the forgiveness of your sins Jesus came and he paid for all your sins it's already been paid for so we're not trying to get him to do something he already did it Praise God. All you have to do is believe it and accept it. Praise God. Every sin, past, present, and future, has already been dealt with by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ when he shed his blood on the cross. It's already been done. Now, if you believe that, say this after me. Everyone, say this after me. If you uh, say this with me, say, God in heaven, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid for all of my sin. And all I have to do is believe it and receive it. You raised him up from the dead so I could have new life. And today I put my trust in that, put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I receive the forgiveness 
which he so abundantly has provided for me. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love.